Ed, how you doing? I'm very good. Uh, so I've got a I've got a uh, a confession to make. I did not see the Zoya Luhansk uh, game. I did, and I haven't even had the chance to watch it on repeat yet. So see how crazy busy my life gets sometimes. But I was on a plane coming back from Madrid uh, while the game was going on. So you know, I popped in, said hi to Ronnie. <laughs> he said hi back. Honest. Um, I. Just would like to say, I can't speak for the listeners, Ed, but just from my perspective, as a friend, there's no way I would ask you to watch the repeat of that game. It would be entirely unnecessary, unless for some sort of deep, completist drive in you. Yeah, well, I normally do when I when I miss a game. I, I find a way of, well, there's always the full match highlights on the, my favourite Reddit channel. Um, so I, I normally do catch games that I miss, but this time I just haven't had the chance. Plus, I saw the best bit which was uh, <laughs> really shanking and actually a half-decent chance. Uh, one of the worst mishits I've ever seen, but he got an assist for it. Uh, it's a brilliant pass. That's what Robbie Savage would have you believe. I think on this very show uh, two weeks ago, I described Robbie Savage as being the voice of reason when it came to the subject of Wayne Rooney, but clearly the Illuminati has got to him and uh, the word of his uh, betrayal got out and he, he was in full Rooney defence force mode. Um Mourinho said he would have picked uh, Rooney as a starter, which of course makes complete sense, uh, barring a little injury. And he said because he's under a lot of pressure at the moment, he doesn't want to play him with a little injury because he needs to play well if he's going to play. It's interesting. Interestingly, Mourinho-esque approach to man management that I thought. Yes. I mean, there was an awful lot of chatter before the game, wasn't there, about Rooney? Would he play? Wouldn't he play? Uh, I'm going to protect him from the evil media uh, by not playing him. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah protecting you. I, I feel what did he say I feel like he has to have a superb performance uh, <laughs> as if right, somehow mate. yeah well yeah that would be great wouldn't it as if somehow the, the two things that haven't conspired to to bring about the situation aren't one three years of Rooney being absolutely cack and two Mourinho dropping him <laughs> but it's all someone else's fault of course yeah he's a funny man Jose Mourinho I do have an awful lot of uh, weird love in my heart for him even though he's definitely uh, he's definitely problematic uh, you, you're not that politically correct Ed so you might not be a uh, concept with the uh, familiar with the concept of a problematic favourite but Jose Mourinho is definitely a problematic favourite for me yeah um, he, he's a but he's our <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, problem with the Zoria game, of course, was actually not Wayne Rooney. He was not in the side. Uh, we've managed to talk about him already, of course, because he does manage to get himself in the headlines, even when we don't want to talk about him. Uh, someone accused me of uh, 90% of the articles I write being about Rooney. I think I've written about three Rooney articles this season, maybe five, but that's from like uh, six articles a week. So I don't know, the maths is wrong there. Anyway, um, uh, uh, starting a lineup which featured Marcus O'Ring Rocco, um, Fossi Mensa, who was a little better. His numbers look quite good, but actually his positional play was um, really shoddy. I saw a conversation between a couple of people on Twitter who watched the youth team a lot, saying pretty convinced that right back is nowhere, nothing like his actual position, yeah. and he's just playing there to get get minutes in the team. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean. 
Not speaking from a position of experience of having watched this game, I can't comment on either of their performances, but um, I have to say I don't think Fosu Mensa will end up being a right back. Uh, he's he's you know he's got plenty of athleticism and drive and all of that kind of stuff, and so you can see why they stick him at right back. But they used to do that with Chris Smalling and, and Phil Jones too. Yeah. So <clears throat> I have a feeling he'll end up uh, in central defence. But either way, I'm, I was glad to see he got some game time he's too good to be sitting in the reserves all you know if he's not going to play at all he's got to go out on loan hasn't he um uh you know i go, going back to your original point about writing five articles a week about rooney uh no yeah. all season <laughs> all season yeah i bet you haven't written five article, articles all season about sergio romero though have you he played he did he did it, it was funny to see him he did not have a lot to do made one good save late late on in the game uh, but if you want any kind of indication of how seriously Mourinho has taken the Europa League and why maybe the players don't look super duper up for it when they're playing in that competition, Romero's presence should tell you everything you need to know, shouldn't it? But it's a strong team. Uh, I mean, it's not as if that, uh, you know, a few changes, but it's not as if Mourinho is putting out the stiffs here. You know, the, the front four... Ibrahimovic, Mata, Rashford, Lingard, same that started against Stoke at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And Pogba played. Um, but, you know, Fellaini played. And this front four wouldn't have been the same front four, I doubt it, if it weren't for a couple of injuries like Mkhitaryan, Martial, Rooney, all varying scales of injured for that game. And you'd think you'd have seen either one or all of them had they been fit. So... Uh, and, and, you know, it's Romero and Rocco at left back. You know, I know they got to the World Cup final together because football is super weird. Um, but th- that that just means you don't care if that's what you're doing, I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you called him Marcus O-Ring. Yeah. Uh, you, you probably should explain that because uh, has he got some kind of sordid second oh, come on now. Uh, career? No, I've, I talked about O-Ring theory at length and people keep adding me about it even though I didn't come up with that theory. I just read an article about it and talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, so um, uh, Adam on United Rant wrote a piece um, about United's weakest link and referenced your uh, your theory as well. You know, it, not it, my it, theory. <laughs> not the, can we stop calling it my theory? Uh, so I had a theory that uh, United were going to be much, much better without Wayne Rooney. Turned out that they weren't. Um, against uh, Zoya, what what went wrong? It doesn't count though. It does. It literally doesn't count because Fellaini played, and he's gone back to just being Fellaini, and the team just don't care that much. Like Pogba was really good in the first half of that game. He played a load of really beautiful kind of chipped through balls from the edge of the area. Uh, Pro Evo came out. I've been playing that, and, and there was a lot of Pro Evo style chipped through balls right. coming from Pogba. So, uh, you know, uh, I had I had FIFA 16, and right. uh, uh, you know, instead of Pro Evo, I don't know okay. why I picked that. That time didn't it round, come free so, with? Didn't it come with your? Maybe it was bundled. Yeah, maybe it was bundled, and uh, then it got s- stolen because you know some thieving scallies broke into my house and took my playstation and uh, i got a new playstation i realized i should have waited for the playstation pro which is just about to come out but anyway i got a i got a new playstation and didn't get a football game i was going to wait for fifa 17 or should i get pro fifa is out um i would say that i would say it depends what matters to you 
Um, whenever I do anything with Pro Evo or mention Pro Evo, loads of people will just go, why aren't you playing FIFA? And um, because it's become completely dominant FIFA. But of course, when we were growing up, well, not even growing up really, but when we were like teenagers and like older teenagers at that, International Superstar Soccer came along and became the best console football game. And then... Uh, um, that that morphed into the Pro Evo series, and it was the kind of top dog for a long time. It really dropped off in the last generation. So the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty generation of Pro Evo was was pretty bad. Uh, but they, they they've really got it back now. Now the problem is, of course, you have to spend forty five minutes importing data because otherwise you'll be playing as Man Red in a default kit. They've got all the players, but just um, not the kind of licenses for the kits and stuff. But you can very quickly uh, import them. Mm. Uh, and you not just yeah. download all this stuff these days. Well, yeah, exactly. You download yeah. it on, but you have to download it and put it on a USB stick. But the actual game, the actual mechanics of the game on the pitch, I much prefer the right. style of Pro Evo. Right. Yeah, maybe I'll get myself a, co- a copy. Um, we, we can play online. I, I, well, we could. Yeah. Okay. There you go. We'll do. Maybe we'll even play a game online. We'll have a Rankcast uh, tournament as part of our bonus content for Backers right. or something like that. Yeah. I'll get. Yeah. I'll get myself a copy. I, I was very disappointed this week to learn that um, uh, Gran Turismo has been delayed till next year. You see, that's my moment. Yeah. I was never much good at football games, but the racing games I liked. Yeah, Gran Turismo is a little bit yesterday's man though. Nowadays, you see. In there, but yeah, anyway, uh, maybe the next one will be good, <laughs> right? Uh, football, I tell you what, I'm getting though, what? just just like while we're continuing this aside, I'm gonna have to get an Oculus because, uh, um, j- just a name drop, I was over at Facebook HQ, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and um, the uh, one of the founders gave us a demo, so was it Palmer Lucky? No, it was not Palmer, good because don't get an Oculus, Ed, do not get an <laughs> Oculus, you cannot support these people. Did you see what Palmer Lucky's done? Yes, I know he's a Trump fan and he's uh, no, <laughs> been it's not that bankrolling it's... Trump ads and stuff it's... like that. No, no, no. If he'd been bankrolling Trump ads, well, personally, I would have boycotted any product uh, that anyone like is bankrolling Trump because I think he's essentially a fascist. But the um, but the thing that he was bankrolling was this disgusting like meme and defamation spreading site. So it's like really insidious and ugly. So get yourself a vibe. <laughs> yeah, but of course you know it's owned by Facebook these days. So uh, yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, do do you use any products of uh, of you know the Peter Thiel? stable of things because he, he's another trumper who's who's he what did he make well he was one of the paypal mafia oh, right, so okay. he's a billionaire and then then uh also an investor in facebook and right. others i mean you said facebook owns it now so that makes it all right i'm uh i'm pretty sure that doesn't make it all right i'm pretty sure when it all goes down facebook's gonna have a big part to play in the destruction of society in some form or another well it'll be the robots that do it <laughs> yeah anyway that was a very longer side. Shall we talk about football? This is what the Zoria game uh, will do to you. I, I think Pogba lost interest in that game in the second half. I, I think he he really badly drifted out of it, and I think he was fed up with playing alongside Fellaini, to be honest. Well, wouldn't anyone? Yeah, uh, and, and the whole thing just fell apart and went so flat. Uh, until Rooney came on and um, managed to get highly praised for a really terrible miss. Maybe not a really terrible miss, but... Uh, Certainly not not a a kind of a miss that would go down as a bad miss, but oh, I mean, look, it's a good cutback. Yeah, 
and he's he's just uh, just outside the penalty spot, isn't he? Yeah, that's a that's a that's the kind of chance that Rooney was smashing into the top corner maybe seven or eight years ago. Yeah, or five years ago. Um, maybe five years ago. <laughs> I mean, I just I did a stupid piece on rant about uh, what if Rooney had joined Manchester City yeah, in 2010. That. Yeah, reference you in there. Actually. I was Rooney was not the only person personally insulted in that piece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jose wouldn't have taken it too badly. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, he had that um, the season after. Uh, the contract dispute, he scored 34 goals. But as I remember it, that actually wasn't that great a season from him. The one before the contract dis- dispute where he sc- also scored 34 goals, I remember him being absolutely superb. I reckon that was his last really good season, 2010. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, he was really good in the 2011 Champions League final, wasn't he? That's, um, yeah. But anyway, I feel like maybe, Ed, maybe we've talked about Wayne Rooney enough. What do you reckon? All right, let's let's move on to... Well, should we talk about Stoke? Or is there anything you'd like to add about United's uh, somewhat limp Europa League campaign? I mean, nobody cares, but it's good that we won, I suppose. There was a really good article in UWS about um, travelling to Feyenoord away and the kind of... Uh, the the annoyance that United just keep losing away in Europe um, and they just don't even look bothered, even though it's actually really loads of hassle and quite physically dangerous to uh, follow them on the road sometimes. Um, and I, I thought that was a, that was quite a good point that you don't necessarily consider uh, if you're not one of the people that goes on Euro aways. Yeah. But yeah, uh, hopefully they'll try harder, but I can't see it, to be honest. I think I don't I just don't think they care. We might scrape through this group, but it doesn't matter either way, really. I don't think anyone involved is bothered, except for the fringe players who are getting game time in that competition. Uh, There were no fringe players in the side against Stoke, though. It was back to the uh, I'm pretty sure the exact starting 11 that played against Leicester. Um, and there was absolutely no sign of a Europa League hangover. United flew out of the blocks. Right. Loads of incredibly fluent attacking play. It was great for about yeah. 20 minutes. And then a load of muffed up chances one after the other. I thought Zatan looks quite off the boil. He scored against Luhansk. That was his first goal for a while. And uh, I think it looked to me, could be wrong about this, of course, because it's completely subjective. But my guess would be that his confidence was a little shaken by that miss early in that game. He didn't look himself. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I thought his general play was pretty good. I mean, he's he's great on the ball. He never loses it uh, wherever he is in the pitch. He always picks the right pass. He, he's actually surprisingly quick, isn't he, in a one-on-one situation. Beat, beat a man a few times. Uh, just an outrageous... Uh, it's in the second half, but um, beat, beat the right back and then sort of nonchalantly flick the ball across the, the uh, six-yard area and... and uh, uh, Lingard brought a great save out of uh, out of the keeper, but I don't. I didn't think it was that bad. But that miss after two minutes was a shocker, really. I mean, he definitely would have been putting that away last season. Um, I mean, he's got what five, six goals, six goals this season. So it's, it's not exactly a bad not return. Six goals in eight or nine games. No, I think it's six uh, in ten or no, six, six in eleven six in now. 10. Yeah, right. And but he probably should have had more. I was I was looking at I was trying to see if you know his chance creation and conversion rate is particularly poor or something. But it's not. I mean, it's just a little. It's sort of fourth in the table, um, uh, which is you know a little further away than United are, I suppose. But um, or United are a little further away from that in the table. So it, it's not as if United are 
either not creating chances, they are creating plenty of chances, or not taking them in some like really poor manner compared to the rest of the league. It's just it's a little frustrating because it feels like, and I think this is because we're comparing it to LVG, <laughs> it feels like United creating a lot of chances, and there were 25 of them against Stoke today. Yeah, and uh, a lot of really high-quality chances i know people have varying different opinions on xg but 2.7 xg is a quite a big xg number um and stokes was uh was incredibly low plus the joe allen chance yeah but mark hughes said that uh, united had no pressure in the game I was sat at the back of the press conference room staring at him. You know, you said in your article, I was just staring vacantly. I was so confused. I was like, is this Walter Mitty? Is this Hughes trying to big himself up because actually his job's under loads of pressure? Because he said uh, that it was no more than, it was at least Stoke deserved at least a draw and United had no periods of sustained pressure when in fact the first 25 and the last 15 minutes of the game were nothing but sustained United pressure. Yeah. Uh, there was a period in the middle where it was a bit flat and, and Stoke came into the game just after the second half, didn't they? It felt like they benefited more from half-time than United. But it didn't last that long. In fact, after United scored, it was all United, um, except for the time that Stoke scored, of course. Uh, but, you know, it was just it was just a real shame. It was that first half was the, the bit that um, lost United the game or didn't win United the game, I suppose. It feels like probably should have been up 3-0 or something by half-time because they were, they were very good. And I'll tell you who was excellent, Ander Herrera in that holding role. Uh, it feels like he's learning that role very quickly, and and he's just he's just so dynamic when he's in there, and it made such a difference to United when he came off because he's the man who's who's linking midfield, um, and you know he pushes forward at the right time, he covers the ground great, he you know he's uh, I guess he didn't have to do loads of defensive work, but he's so much more dynamic than Fellaini. I'd pick him in that role, even though it's not his natural role, every single week ahead of Fellaini. Yeah, and two tackles, four interceptions, so not like devoid of defensive work by any means. Um, those stats aren't necessarily the best at telling the story of a game, but he, he was busy, as he always is, and I couldn't agree more. I think, I think we had a little conversation on WhatsApp, and I said he just seems to be such a teachable player. Remember when Van Gaal came in and he was talking about the difference under playing under Van Gaal um, compared to Bielsa, and it was evident from what he said just that he'd been really paying attention, which clearly not everyone was really paying attention to Van Gaal. And when United, in the rare periods United did click under under Van Gaal's reign, Herrera was always absolutely at the heart of it. And, you know, he's obviously been played in central midfield in, in United's two best performances by a mile this season. Yeah, Marcus Rashford said something as well about Van Gaal comparing him to Mourinho. He said that Van Gaal focused entirely on the games and Mourinho focuses mostly on the players. He said, I'm going to become a complete player under Mourinho, which was an interesting little uh, little commentary on the difference between the two. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see it in Rashford's game. Like he's playing left, played left for most of this game, didn't have a huge bearing on the game, but, you know, is a, clearly a brilliant player and then went right and was just vital to everything that happened down United's right. in the... let's, let's just talk about the one through ball when he played it with the outside of his foot, shall we? To Pogba. Oh. oh, what a pass! Oh, I, 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 I look, I'm not afraid to admit it. I got wood watching that. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was a heck of a through ball, and he played a beautiful and kind a of perfect cross. I'm not sure if that's the one that Pogba headed off the bar, or if that was from a corner. Um, but he just Rashford is 
absolutely brilliant. And that's that's all there is to it. I, I, I think the debate around him obviously is over. He's in the first team and he's going to stay there for quite some time. Um, and he, he, as well, he should. And in fact, I think there's nothing about this game that tells you that the first game should, the first team should really shift particularly I think there'd be an argument for bringing in Mkhitaryan instead of um, Lingard, Lingard yeah. certainly uh, there'd be an argument for bringing Luke Shaw instead of Daily Blint but at the moment that's a non-trivial argument given how well Blint uses the ball yeah, yeah. no I mean I think Shaw's all-round game means that he he should be in the side ahead of Blint but Blint was very good today um, apart from I'm afraid I've got to I've got to say it just boot the damn thing forward. I mean, in the build-up to Stokes' goal, uh, Blint had the chance to just launch it, just clear it, clear the lines. That's exactly the right thing to do at that time. And he's and you know he ends up going out for a throw-in, very tame throw-in, about level with United's box, which was the start of the move that allowed Stoke to score. And you know, obviously, a lot has happened post then, so it's not totally daily blint's fault but it was pretty frustrating at the time i was going ah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i spent a lot of time going ah at missed chances which were really the story of that game so let's talk about the de gea save um you i think it's fair to say i'm sorry about this i don't mean this is a any please don't take offense please don't let this end the podcast i think you side a little bit with michael owen in this one oh dear (laughs) um um, i'm not sure about that well yeah i guess so so look I, i when i first saw it I thought, oh, oh, that's a that's a bad mistake. He's just pushed it directly into the path of the the Stoke. I almost called him a Coventry player then, a Stoke player um, with a very weird coloured kit. <laughs> yes, uh, but when you actually see it from behind, not only does it take a bit of a deflection, he gets a great hand on it, and you know it's almost like he's got too full a hand on that because if he's got half a palm on it, it's going behind, which would have been you know everyone would be saying that's a great save, and unfortunately it's gone straight to the to the player and uh, it's across and allowed Joe Allen to score. So unfortunate. I don't think it's a huge error. Uh, he's gone down an error error on who scored, uh, which obviously, you know, dumps his uh, who scored rating into the bucket. But I'm not sure. I think that's half an error. So you th- you're saying he almost saved it too well. Yeah. Is yeah. yeah. <laughs> but people, piece of Michael Owen analysis there. I mean, you know, did they hit the bar twice? Mata did that chip. There was the Pogba head. Oh, it's such a frustrating game. It, it was, yeah. Beautiful chip from Mata. Uh, probably wasn't going in. Pogba should have scored with his second header. I mean, definitely. He's come off his head and his shoulder and hit the bar. Oh. Um, uh, just, yeah, just an inch over it. Come on. He should have scored in the first half as well. Um, the, I, I mean, I haven't seen this in real time. It looked like he should have scored a, a chance somewhere around the edge of the six-yard box that he scuffed uh, wide. Yeah. Um, and then you've got to give credit to the Grant, the Stoke goalkeeper, who's who's made a, a bunch of fine saves, you know. He's... I mean, it was a bit Tim Howard in the World Cup against whoever it was that Tim Howard became a meme where, like, yeah, he made a lot of say Or um, De Gea against Arsenal uh, that time when we beat them hilariously in the, with a Rudy goal late on. But the, you know, two seasons ago away from home. a lot. He's made eight saves. Yeah, but... I think uh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. It's all right. But, I mean, how many of them would he have been horrifically disappointed not to make? It would have been quite a lot, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how many really good saves did he make? Yeah, but you know, he's he's still made it. Yeah, well done, well done. Um, but yeah, it's uh, fair enough, and I guess that points to not only you know he's made eight saves, United have put another 
eight over the bar, and there's you know been a whole bunch blocked as well. So yeah, eight shots um, blocked. Yeah, it's um, one of those days. I hope United don't live to regret it and lose the title by a point. Might be looking back at that one and uh, and going, oh dear. I mean, if we lose see, the, see. The, if we lose the title by a point, something's gone really well from here on out because we've dropped uh, three, six, seven points. Uh, no, eight points in the last three weeks or whatever it is uh yeah and at least five of those were points we absolutely can't afford to be losing Watford away there's no way those points would be count as you know you wouldn't expect to lose those points right. before if you're going to win the league and definitely definitely not Stoke at home no that's right but um you know some of the other results went United's way City lost I guess that compresses things a little bit um, does that make does it, does, doesn't it just add to the frustration that City lost today? Well, it does add to the frustration. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I tweeted, "Oh, you know, uh, when City were two 0 down, it, you know, the leader would just be the gap would just be three points." Mentally, having forgotten already that United didn't beat Stoke. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and City drew with Celtic in midweek, lost this weekend. Crisis. Guardiola's in crisis. Yeah, Guardiola out. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Mourinho said we lost three games in a week, and you wrote a lot about that. So if we win, th- we now we've won three games. This was after Zoria. We've won three games in a week. Will you write a lot about that? And I kind of, I'm um, generally want to take Mourinho's side if at all possible. But in this, I was like, well, one of those games was against a team I'd literally never heard of, and another one was against Northampton. Um, so, and in the other one, the opposition just completely neglected to defend us. So I'm not sure there was there was quite the story there. But yeah, I thought he he was at pains to say that he thought that against Leicester United played well, but the um, result outshone the performance. But he. Uh, it was a much better performance than it was against Leicester and I think certainly for the first 25 minutes uh, you could say that was definitely the case but I I do think it's easy to get really caught up in the fact that United should massively have won that game and they should but in terms of the performance as a whole there was a big elongated dip in the middle of the game there was yeah and the intensity uh, wasn't you know wasn't consistent so i mean and look i let i'm prepared to give mourinho plenty of benefit of doubt here i mean he said in the build up to the game that it takes a while he's he's still trying to learn the players i mean yeah it's only seven premier league games in and he's he's already made the big decision that he had to make yeah um, you know, we'll still see if he steps backwards from that, but uh, it didn't take him that long, really, given that Van Hal couldn't really make any proper decisions for two years. Yeah, and and United really benefited from that, and and their attack looks really fluent. And it does. It just needs to put the ball in the net. Yeah, the the which is which obviously like we scored four goals in the last game, so you know. It's it's not a massive problem. Yeah. So we scored four goals in the last game, three coming from corners, which Daily Blint were taking. Why the hell was Wayne Rooney taking corners near the end of the game? Honestly. Honestly, it was Rashford took one. I mean that was just a, that was just a speed thing, I think. He was just there. Of course it was excellent because he's Marcus Rashford. I'm sure he would like, I don't know, somehow be quite a good substitute goalkeeper or something at this point. Uh but yeah, that, that was weird. Mata took some uh, from that side as well. Uh, so we've had a question from uh, no less a Manchester United luminary than Scott from the Republic of Mancunia, who says Mourinho has learnt to leave out Rooney and Fellaini. When will he learn to stop subbing Matter? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't think Matter's intensity dropped that much, not not in compa- comparison to the rest of the team. Um, so he came off after, what, 65, 70 minutes? Can't remember now exactly, but um, it felt too early. I don't think he's unfit. I don't think he can't last 90 minutes, you know, but he's uh, this is what he did before as well. So I mean, he obviously wanted to put Rooney on, which you can understand, Um because Rooney will definitely run into the right place, either shank the ball or get it taken off him, and that will lead to a United goal. Um, that'll happen in 100% of cases after he gets subbed on, apparently, according to the statistics of the last week. But yeah, I don't know. I, I thought Matter's, inten- Matter's intensity had dropped. And I, if I think back on that game, just as a kind of impressionistic um, memory of it, basically most of the good stuff he did, he did in the first half. Um so I didn't think it was a terrible sub this time in the way it has been sometimes in the past to take matter off. But yeah, lots of people seem to seem to think he should have been on the pitch because obviously carries a massive goal threat as well, doesn't he? I, I mean, his goal and assist record is outstanding for a midfielder, you know? So I don't know. I'd have him on the pitch as much as... Like, you just accept that he's not going to be the number 10 that's the sort of modern number 10 who's dynamic all of the time although i have to say he, he he's quite prepared to chase the ball around now which he might not have done three or four years ago yeah he's an old-fashioned number 10 he's going to get the ball he's going to try and make chances he's going to take risks um and he gets in the right places and he scores goals and he, he creates assists so i'd have him in the team all of the time ahead of rooney and and if you're going to bring Rooney on and you feel like you need to do something, put him on up front or wide or something like that. I was looking at the team and thinking the only player that sort of you'd is an obvious player to come off would be Lingard, and he wanted to bring on Martial and Rooney. And I actually thought the bold shout would have been to take off Ibrahimovic, but I also totally recognise that it's kind of ridiculous to take off Ibrahimovic when you're chasing a goal, um, however badly he's playing. There's a sort of in the same way that I, I actually often felt that Rooney shouldn't come off uh, when, even if he wasn't playing brilliantly, when United desperately needed a goal. So there was a kind of logic to the substitution. Uh, Martial came on and was fantastic, which was nice to see because it's it's been a while and that will have done his uh, Mourinho cause no harm. Is that his first goal this season? No. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Um, good finish as well. Beautiful. Classic Martial, right? I, I hope that's the confidence boost he needs. I, I'd love to see him in the team. Him and Rashford running at fullbacks. Um Sporting uh, Ibrahimovic with some pace around them. Uh, it's like, surely, surely a front four of Ibra, Mata, Rashford, and Martial is going to score and create lots of goals. Surely, very attacking. No, and I'm not like that's a bad thing. I don't mean very attacking. I mean very open. There is there is a serious lack of defensive contribution there, isn't there? Yeah, but that's all that Lingard offers you. I mean, there's, no, there's... no, it is. No, 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 it's not. First of all, some beautiful interplay between Lingard and Mata leading to the Pogba chance today. Secondly, FA Cup final. Yeah, and the charity shield, yeah, um, which are two fine pieces of evidence to the contrary, but uh, his, his goal and assist record isn't great. Anyway, it'll be interesting when McTarian is finally fit, if he is finally fit. It's taking him an awful long time to get fit, isn't it, uh, for someone who had such a minor injury. 
Um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see when, if and when he can get himself inside because there's a, there's a role going on the right wing. I don't definitely don't think Lingard has sealed that up. No, for sure not. Um, yeah. In a weird um, twist of, this is not particularly useful or relevant information, but normally there's two rows of seats in the director's box which are occupied by uh, the first team squad members who are not playing that day right. and some youth team players sometimes I think as well. Um, but they were all empty today. None of the none of the uh, first team squad. So no Mkhitaryan. Um, none, well, none of the players that weren't on the bench were at the game. Disgraceful. In their sharp suits. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were given the day off because it's just before international break. I guess that must be what happened. Outrageous. The Daily Mail will be running a piece, no doubt. <laughs> There might be. So, um, well, it was pretty disappointing, I have to say. Yeah. Really frustrating. And But, you know, I, I again, unlike me, but I, in a way that makes me feel a little more confident that United created so many chances, you know. And I think once it all clicks, if he has to change the personnel around or has to bring someone else in, or when McTarian comes back and Martial's feeling confident, I'm sure United are going to score a lot of goals. Yeah. They have to, because at the moment it's Liverpool banging them all in, and we can't have that. No, and that might become a massive problem in about a week and a bit's time, but we'll come on to that, because we're going to do... No, that's two weeks' time, isn't it? We're going to do a show during the international break where we preview the Liverpool game, um, which gives us a bit more time to take some listening questions this week. Let's go for it. All right. At special K underscore two three one one says question. Let's pretend both of you care about the English national team as much as you care about United or even a bit. Um, I guess I care a bit about them. But anyway, uh, what do you think of King Eric as manager? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd care an awful lot more if he was the manager. I'd be you. a big England fan overnight. So it's uh, not gone too well for your man. Well, Sam. Then. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Let's talk about this a little bit because, you know, you were a, you, we had a long debate on, on this here show, didn't we, about um, uh, Big Sam and Big Big Sam's Big Samness. Um, I, I have to say I focused... Not on his um, Big Sam bentness, but his Big Sam long ballness. Um, but it turns out it's the bentness that uh, that dominated. Yeah, what a shame. I mean, the thing I keep having to remind myself in this situation is that the third party rules that he was offering to help people navigate around are essentially in place to minimise the possibility of human trafficking as part of football. When you really get down to it, those rules are there for a reason, and a good reason at that. Uh, Third-party ownership is a very dodgy, unpleasant subject. Of course, there are there are big commercial third-party deals which um, probably offer some benefits to the players and their families and all that kind of stuff, but it's a murky, murky area. So Yeah, yeah. Not every third-party ownership case is Carlos Tevez, and there's millions and millions of of uh, pounds involved in it. And, you know, United bought the contract out from uh, of Marcus Rocher, didn't they, when he joined? Um, uh, and unfortunately, it wasn't banned even, like, turning a third-party ownership situation <laughs> into a full contract situation. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing... The, the reason I have to keep reminding myself that that's bad is because otherwise I would just feel incredibly sad for Big Sam because this was really quite common or garden... This was this was 
mostly here he's been sacked for bad optics really yeah 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 i mean there, there was a story going around that there might be a corruption investigation but look come on what has he done they offered him some money to go and do a speaking engagement and which he was obviously very interested because he's quite greedy and said he would clear it with the fa first and then he asked him about third party ownership and he said oh yeah no problem you can get around it you know it's 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 easy sort of thing uh when he was asked would he take money to facilitate a transfer he was like absolutely no way can't do that although you know he was kind of smirking behind his net handkerchief wasn't he or his um napkin um so i i think mostly he's been sacked because he embarrassed the fa then he's done something properly dodgy he didn't actually take a payment no although that that i mean i don't you know that's kind of man you know he he kind of agreed in principle to take a speaking engagement in return for a load and load and load of money and the offer of some you know greasing the wheels behind the scenes so he has done he has made an agreement to do something specifically wrong mm. it's just so, it's a but yeah but but if the fa was so worried about that why did they point yeah. him in the first place because you know that whole panorama thing is still hanging over him um and i'm sure the producers of that show feel extremely vindicated now this guy was not whiter than white it's just they've He's embarrassed the people who are now in charge. A Ravel Morrison tweeting, no one paid attention to a word I said. No one listened to a word I said. Right. Well, Danny Taylor did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, called, called Big Sam out earlier on this one. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I thought it was a really bad appointment, mainly because he's just a, you know, he's a hoofball merchant, but uh, also because he's bent. I mean, I thought it was a really good appointment because England are dreadful and having somebody to kind of organise them and make them feel good about themselves might have worked in a tournament setting within reason. Um, but, you know, he, his first game in charge where he was so awestruck by Rooney was uh, a bit of a, a bit of an unfortunate start. Who, I mean, apart from Eric Cantona, who's obviously the right appointment. I mean, people talk about Eddie Howe, and I just think, how much do the people recommending Eddie Howe hate him that they want to ruin his life so early when there's so much promise? I know. He's, he's a bright young manager, yeah. I mean, God, he would be mad to do it, wouldn't he? Uh, of course, there is a, there is a big main name manager who's uh, free and not working at the moment who uh, loves England. Louis van Gaal's army! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of a better match. <laughs> um, Arsene Wenger, a name that's uh, done the rounds a lot, and I just think... I don't understand why anyone would say that was a good idea. Not that Arsene Wenger is a terrible manager. He's he's obviously not a terrible manager, but it's also pretty clear that the uh, absolute peak of his career is a long, long way behind him. Um, and this kind of this this England setup doesn't seem a setup that would get the best out of Wenger to me. Uh, no. Um... Well, mainly because it's full of English players. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex Ferguson. Yeah, he would never do it. <laughs> David Moyes, I mean, he's, he's about to get the boots at Sunderland, isn't he? Just swapsies. Allardyce back in at Sunderland. Moyes, Moyes back at England. Uh, Moyes, he said after last week, um, it's not always the manager's fault, you know, sometimes the players have to take a look at themselves. And I just think... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he said, he said like, they've had loads of managers here and it's always been the same. It's like, well, if you get relegated, actually, that won't be the same. That will very specifically be different to all the times that those other managers <laughs> kept the teams up. Um, I mean, only David Moyes could manage to bring the negativity down a notch at Sunderland. <laughs> 
he's bad he's i mean it was very very frustrating at stoke today but we felt like a very good football team missing important chances uh something we haven't felt like in a long long time so uh my friends at bifurcated underscore mbm says say how stupid do you both feel now for mistaking rooney's last 10 years of assists for miscontrols bad first touches chips hollywood balls <laughs> that's right this is the this is the new rooney trick of playing abysmally and getting assists but today's wasn't wasn't registered as an assist so no because it came off of the defender as well yeah. <laughs> I mean, god it's uh shanked one off his shin and manages to find the perfect through ball for martial <laughs> amazing uh, how good is Marcus Rashford? Asks at across the keeper. No, but seriously, how good is he? Very good. Uh, yeah, he, he says he's better than Makeda, right? Yanazai, because look at how they turned out. I, I think so. I, I think he's got all all of it. Um, uh, you know, he's he's super quick. He's technically very sound. He's a good finisher. Uh, he we can see today he can also play a pass and take a corner kick. So um, I think he's got a lot. I think he's going to do very well. And and I think he's right. I think Mourinho will help him develop. Um, it's good to see he's going to be back in the England squad. <laughs> Bad to see. I'm not sure whether um, he scored a hat-trick. He's dumped down to the under-21s by Big Sam, scored a hat-trick, and uh, rightly is promoted back up again, uh, where he'll be meeting his under-21s manager at yep. Southgate. I mean, when Adnan Yanazai was on fire in that first season, I would definitely have said, and did definitely say, I think he's got the lot. And I still yeah, sort of I mean, think that. absolutely. The, to reference you... Do, Except for the uh, the right attitude to make it to the top, it would appear. It would appear that. And a really interesting interview again in UWS with Paul McGuinness. Um, I mean, UWS is just generally... If you don't read it, it's just generally worth reading. And you can get it everywhere in the world and digitally and all that stuff. Um, but, but yeah, really good interview with Paul McGuinness where he talks about Rashford's development um, and some of the uh, some of the way they handled him, uh, allowing him to play both ahead of his level and at his level so that he had games where he absolutely battered people to kind of get that confidence that he was a special player into him. Um, and he also said that he... He obviously hadn't worked with Yanazai in the, in the latter stages of his United career, but he never had any problem with his kind of attitude or whatever. So right. Rashford right. should take that as a bit of a lesson that, you know, things can change. I mean, he seems like an absolutely lovely kid, doesn't he? He just seems like he's really got his feet on he the does. ground. And... Until they give him 80 grand a week and he turns into <laughs> a flash. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, Yan- Yanazai, who, who started the season OK at Sunderland and unfortunately has picked up a, a, an injury and is going to be out for a couple of months now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real By shame. which time Moyes will have been sacked and he, he will um, probably be back at United in January. At Nightwink99 says, will Man United score the goal of the season this year? Yes. It's definitely a solid possibility, isn't it? Yes, he's going to be a, like a 25-pass build-up, some kind of outrageous flick from Zlatan. Uh, you know, a, a couple of one-twos from from Lingard and Matter, and, and it's going to be like a 50-yard overhead from Zlatan. <laughs> of course, you know, of course. It's going to be everything that every Hollywood film about soldier uh, shows you, right? It's, it's going to be that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please tell me, uh, says at born underscore and underscore red, you can tell the difference between last season and today's performance. Yes, Jake, because we've got eyes. So obviously we can see that. But United didn't create any pressure at all. <laughs> Mark Hughes, what's wrong with Mark Hughes? He's so grumpy about Man United. 
I really wanted to. It ask... really is, but but in the build-up, he was talking about hey, he loves going back to United. He had you know many great years there. It's a special place. He can see that Jose's building something special and winning things. That's the way that United should be. He says all the right things, and then when he gets on the touchline, it's like every conspiracy is against United, and he becomes the ultra ABU. <laughs> it's weird though, because like you know, he's a United youth team project. He's eighties Marcus Rashford. That's who Mark Hughes is. You know, came through. Absolutely, maybe maybe Norman Whiteside is technically eighties Marcus Rashford, but still, Hughes is like definitely a contender for that. Uh, that designation such an important part of united's history as well like obviously managed city so that's a, a massive knock against him but you know it's uh, it's if it it isn't just that he managed city it's the way that he is because like brian kidd worked for city for ages and i've got no bad feelings towards him oh brian kidd played for city for ages as, as well so yeah yeah absolutely um right uh Am I the only one, says at at C plus Charlie, Chris, um, who says, who feels really sorry for Schneidlin and thinks he was quality last year enough to deserve a place in the 11. I think Herrera is playing Schneidlin's role and playing it better than I've seen Schneidlin play it, really, to be honest, in the current squad. Or or even you could say Pogba's playing Schneidlin's role because, and obviously better, because Pogba's just a a much better box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, I mean, Schneiderlin can't be that confident of having any kind of future at United, can he? Um, couldn't get in the side against Zoya. Um, how, how much has he played this season? Barely at all. Um, so Mourinho clearly doesn't rate him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see United bring in a def- proper defensive midfielder um, in the winter. You know, it's clearly what's missing in the in the squad at the moment. Although Herrera keeps playing like that, he's going to do a fine job. It's a much better balance right now, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Um, at Luke Jerdy asks a question about um, beating Liverpool at Anfield next Monday and also makes another stab to beat on the rank cast. We'll definitely get you on the rank cast at some point, Luke. Um, at Jay Bonza says, why do you think there's so much negativity among fans considering how early it is? Improved performances, more goals, etc. I mean... Uh, at Old Trafford, I'm definitely not feeling loads of negativity. But I have to say, there was loads of negativity around United fans when we were winning the league every season. Like, especially the last five years of Fergie, there was a there was a lot of grumpiness around. There was, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, all through the, the Glazer era, there were periods of grumpiness. You know, United very poor in that sort of 2005-ish. Uh, then, then picked up again, won a few leagues in the European Cup, and then dipped off again so um and and fergie's fergie of 90s fergie all out attack was not fergie of late to you know 2000s fergie of more circumspection so you know and and there's just been three years of general misery with the odd peak in it so it's going to take a while to shift and people just want everything immediately as well they they just want all the change immediately they want all the signings to click they just want they want it all to be different and all to be like it was in the kind of dream version of the past funnily enough at gc rossi says can you comment on the players progression as a unit are we really improving i think there's a case against it i I do not know how you can say you think there's a case oh i mean you might have a really good reason for saying this but to me i cannot see any case against the idea that we are vastly improved as a unit because ultimately the measure of a football team of whether it's playing well or not is actually about good chances created you know that is 
in a way, creating more good chances and really limiting the number of good chances your opposition create, that's the bedrock of being likely to score goals versus concede goals. I, I guess so. Some people might say it's points and you would have less points at this stage last this season than last. Um, so, would, you say, would you say that, Ed? Would you say that's the, the metric? Well, I mean, I'm just saying some people would. I, I think United are much better at the moment, uh, but there's some inconsistency, and those inconsistent performances have coincided with losing games, which is why United have less points than yeah, last no, season. Yeah, I, no, I mean, I think that's true, although I think... This time last season, I, I think if in two months we've got less points than we had at the same time last season, then there's a big problem. Um, but this time last season, we were clearly in a pretty inflated position. Um, do you remember that Schweinsteiger picture we put on Twitter of him pointing his finger at the air going, yeah, top of the league when we were when we were first in the league sometime in October? Yeah, but, but you know, then uh, we got a bunch of injuries and it was absolutely nothing to do with Lou Van Gaal. It was just the fact there were a bunch of injuries. This is absolutely true. Thank you for saying the truth. Many people in this place have been saying lies, but the fans are shouting, Louis Van Gaal's army. Um, at Sophie Gator wants to know, Ed, if you're a spy, she's getting suspicious because we never see your face. You're always gallivanting, always secretive. Yes. I mean, we can't, we can't... Oh. I can't believe you've just given that away. I was just going to say we can't say whether you're a spy or not, but apparently we can. Apparently the cover's blown. <laughs> apparently. Um, just in case Vladimir Putin's people are listening, that was a joke. Ed is not really a spy. Maybe I'm working for Vladimir. Or v- oh, no, Vlad. no. Big V, as I like to call him. <laughs> the V-dog. <laughs> um, at Paul Hay 1967 says, when will pe- people stop getting ridiculously upset just because we don't win a game? Uh, never, 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 because no. uh, the GGMU crowd is uh, out in force <laughs> or something like that. Uh, 1967, of course, one, one thing I did want to mention um, uh, reminds me that David Hurd has died, yes. uh, played 245 games for United or 200. Even more than that, 200 and something games for United, um, including some of the really big games in the 60s, won league titles, uh, scored twice in 1963 FA Cup final, didn't make the 68 final because he'd broken his leg the previous March. Um, But um, yeah, passed away this week. So worth mentioning. I think it's fair to say that he is like a massively underrated all time United legend. In a way, he's not he's not a player that you really read or hear much about. Uh, but he was absolutely instrumental in that brilliant United side. Um, and yeah, it was only that leg break that, that stopped him kind of like going on. He had it, kind of a, a bit of a short career, but he scored an awful lot of goals in that short career, didn't he? He did. I mean, uh, uh, in his seven seasons for United, well, only six proper seasons, um, he he scored 145 goals, you know, plenty of goals. Excellent record. Absolutely. Yeah, so a bona fide United legend and the team wore black armbands in his honour uh, for this game. At Bearded Red says the squad is talented and has bags of potential, which is undeniable, but is it mentally weak, almost fragile at times? Well, Jose said that earlier this season, didn't he? 
Um, although he picked on some... Yeah, maybe even earlier yeah, this week. Yeah, picked on I some think. young players. Um, one, one time he did it, which was um, unfortunate, I thought. Yeah, um, maybe so. I mean, yeah, but then you've got plenty of characters in there as well. It's just uh, not all of them seem to play, you know. So, I mean, I don't think Rooney's mentally weak. I think he's weak in other areas of his game. I don't think Chris Smalling is mentally weak. I don't think Ibra is mentally weak. Uh, Michael Carrick's in there as a, a leader as well. So, uh, but there are some others who, who when it gets difficult, aren't quite the same. So you know, but uh, I, I think Jose will will work this out over time, and uh, he'll adjust his squad as he needs. There's definitely a collective uh, confidence problem, though. Definitely, the confidence is not particularly deep, and it, but that can only come with winning. You know, this is a team that's lost too much recently, um, and. Yeah, they need to win. Um, at Duncan says, uh, you were decent first half, so no need to panic. But will it be a disaster if you don't get top, top four? Yes. yes. Uh, also, what the heck is up with uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan? Don't know. I mean, he, he uh, I guess, wasn't fit enough for uh, Mourinho when he first joined the club. Couldn't get in the side, wasn't getting any minutes, then got himself a thigh injury. I mean... It will be one of the great tragedies if uh, one of the great football, you know, football on pitch tragedies of United's uh, recent history. If we don't get anything out of Mkhitaryan, it'd be just devastating um, because he's such a good player. Oh, no, we don't need to talk about that like not. that just no. now, do we? You know? Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. We, we don't need to. We don't need to kind of jump to any conclusions, but it's just a slight worry that Jose might actually secretly hate Henry Mkhitaryan. I can't, I, I basically, I want a run of five games in the side just to feel comfortable that that's a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, it'll happen. I think. Good. <laughs> You're worried too, though, secretly, right, Ed? No, I, but, but, you know, it doesn't take much to derail a career and, uh, or not a whole career, but just to not get off uh, on the right footing at United. Uh, and, you know, it could well be that he finds it hard to get into the team for some time to come um, and then finds it hard to get some rhythm, doesn't get the, the kind of form and he doesn't have a great season. It could be. Or it could be that he's back in a couple of weeks' time, fit again, gets a game, scores a goal, feels great, can't get outside and he's absolutely brilliant this season. So we'll see. Yeah, OK. Um, all right, I think uh, we're going to preview the post-international break games during the international break. Uh, so I think we'll call that a podcast. We don't have to make any predictions about scores this week, which is nice. Loads of United players in international action. The last international break was uh, wasn't great in terms of injuries and stuff. So let's let's hope this one's a bit of a, a cleaner path. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Gareth Southgate's uh, international debut against Malta. How do you think it's going to go? Do you want to make a prediction about that one? I think England will win that game by about a lot of goals to not that many goals. Is that a qualifier? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope Marcus Rashford gets a hat-trick or something. Yeah, I mean, if you play Marcus Rashford against Malta, he's definitely getting a hat-trick. Just, like, they're just a free word of advice to Gareth Southgate. Yeah. I'm not sure he's a, a Patreon backer, so it is free. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Wayne Rooney might even score a hat-trick against Malta. Didn't against Northampton Town, did he? No, he did not. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, talking of Patreon, patreon.com slash rankcast if you want a little bit more show every week uh, and a lot more show once a month and a bunch of other goodies and stuff, which, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we'll be dealing with at the beginning of this month. Um, 
the so yeah stay tuned if you are a backer for loads more details about that stuff and uh, also stay tuned if you are a backer because we're about to spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about the wire um which i'm looking forward to almost as much as i've enjoyed talking about manchester united with you over the last hour ed all right um we'll uh, we'll see everyone in a couple of minutes and uh, the rest of you we'll see you in a couple of weeks or next week see you then